The Texas Football Today podcast is brought to you by Chocolate Milk, built by nature. Catch Texas Football Today live weekdays at noon on TexasFootball.com and get involved with the show using hashtag TFToday. And now, on with the show. Yes, yes, y'all! From the Dave Campbell's Texas Football Mothership here in beautiful Carrollton, Texas. It is Texas Football Today, a show online. My name is Greg Tupper. I am the managing editor of Dave Campbell's Texas Football, a magazine, texasfootball.com, a corresponding website. Thank you for spending part of your day with us. Whether you're watching us at texasfootball.com or on Facebook, or you're listening to us on the podcast, which you can subscribe to on iTunes. Either way, thank you for doing your part. iTunes, Google Play, Android. Somebody told me today they, they're listening to it on something called like a podcast. Uh, somebody emailed because the, the feed wasn't loading. What do you say? Uh, podcast Addict. If you're listening to Podcast Addict, uh, thank you. Uh, either way, thank you for doing your part to support your local mediocre internet show. I am sitting here, sitting over there, celebrating his 40th birthday, Mr. Kanye West. Nice. I know you're a Kanye defender. I'm not a defender. Like I, he's an idiot. Okay. Like he acts like an idiot. But my whole point is there are a lot of idiots in show business who are still geniuses, and he's a genius. He seems like he's, he's musically one of the most influential artists of all time, and I will die on that hill. I don't disagree with you. I will say it's been a minute since he's done something I liked. Yeah, but that doesn't count. Like his he's critically all of his stuff has been so well reviewed and you like like three songs so you don't get an argument in this it's fine you don't have to like him you don't have to there's lots of good artists i don't listen to and it's fine like more like the entire graduation album okay one of like nine albums you're into doesn't no late registration's really good too again the ratio is not getting better for you no, it, no, the ratio literally is getting better for me. No, you're still a ways away from being in contention for being in the conversation. Wait, 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 wait. This is an interesting conversation. So because no. I don't like Can, Kanye West, I'm not available. I'm not able to. You're not. You're comment. biased. You don't. You don't look at his whole catalog and assess it for what it is as far as music quality and where it fits in the whole ecosystem. Sure, I do. No, you don't. You don't like it. You just already said. No, 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 I have an opinion that's different than yours. That I look at his music. You said it's been a minute since he put out something you liked. Correct. And? Yeah. How is that relevant the to, last whether, thing, the to last whether thing he's... The last thing that, he did that I liked was 808s and Heartbreak. And how is that relevant to my argument that he's one of the most influential I, and... I agreed with you. You didn't agree with I me. did. Play back the tape. I can't. We're recording live. Today is Friday, June 8th, 2018. 167 days until Thanksgiving. Episode 570, Josh Wilson's OPS in his 24 games in 2014 with the Texas Rangers. On today's show, guys, we're going to continue, finish up. The show, that, by the way, we're not live. No, we're not live. I don't want, because people are going to be commenting on Facebook being like, hey, guys. Yeah, we're, and this is we're a not recording. Gonna, you should make up comments and be like, wow, that's a great point, guy who's always here watching. <laughs> Um, on today's show, guys, just be like real generic, over like over the top praise to somebody. I like, wow. What I will that's say a really about astute point, Robert Wolf. What I what I see about 
what I what I will say about this episode is I'm still we're recording this on Thursday. I'm still 50-50 on whether I'll like be commenting from the Dave Campbell's account during the show. Yeah, so maybe tune maybe. if you if you're watching this if you're watching this if you're watching this in real life on Friday, Friday. today's Thursday. Um if you're watching this on Friday, go ahead and send in comments cuz Max might be there like talking. Maybe. Maybe. I don't know. Anyway. It's Friday. <laughs> You guys know how I feel about Friday. We the will go. Th- the we will go. We'll wrap up our series of the most important games on each FBS team schedules: Texas State, Texas Tech, UTEP, and UTSA. And then back half of the show, Max, we've got some interviews from the Brock State Seven on Seven Qualifying Tournament with Sweetwater coach, second year coach Ben McGee. Sweetwater is it McGee or is it just McGee? I guess we'll find out when we listen to it. We'll Step will say it right. And uh, Dublin coach Bob Cervetto, we will hear from both of them coming up here in just a little bit. As Max mentioned, we are not here. It's your fault for it's, once. Well, let me rephrase. Max is almost certainly sitting in the same chair. I am. At least am. you were to start the show. Yes, to play the show at this exact at moment when you're yes, like in this moment true. in time when you're hearing my voice. Yes, um, correct. He is sitting in that chair. I am not. I'm not sitting in this chair. I am playing golf. Um, Can we? Here, how good do you? How good or bad do you have to be at golf to say that you are playing golf? Like, at what point are you so bad that you aren't even playing the sport, even though you're there? I am participating in golf. Is that so fair? You, well, I don't know. I don't know how good a golf. No, you I'm are. not good. Oh, okay. I'm so a bad that, golfer. That wasn't. That actually wasn't a direct criticism. But I think it's kind of funny to be like, "Oh, I'm going golfing," but when what you're doing is so bad that it couldn't possibly be considered golfing. Yeah. What are you really doing? So, yeah, right. I'm participating in golf. Right. I am. I will have clubs, and I will attempt to hit a ball into a small hole. Yeah. I'm. Ter- I have no interest. I. You know. Even if you do a scramble, I'm not worth having on your team. So one of the, and I think that's what we're doing. We've got four guys yeah. from the Dave Campbell's office going out there, and I pray one of them's good. Um, but. The, the one of the great lies I think we got told, and I bet your dad told you this lie too, because my dad told me this lie. Depends. Was it, was it about golf? Mm-hmm. So my dad's not a golf. Oh, well, then so then we're okay. We're good. Because what I always heard was, oh, like even if you don't like golf, it's a great day. You got to you got to play. You got to play because you might need it for business. Oh, that one. Remember that? Yeah. That well, your dad, your dad worked at a bank, so that makes so sense. It's very yeah, like okay. financial. Yeah. Like you know, that's yeah. a lot. That's a big. Yeah. That's a big. White person thing to do. Yeah, for sure. Play golf. For sure. Uh, but so, but this is like only the second time I've ever played golf for business, and I'm I'm about to turn thirty two, like like in business. You know what I mean? Like I and I don't hate playing golf. Yeah. I've I've long said that eighteen holes is too many holes. Yeah. I'm done after about twelve. Uh, but we're playing in the Allen Touchdown Club. Um, uh, kind of charity tournament we've got asked to come and play and i'm sure i'll I'll go out and not work um it is very it's very odd and 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 i don't claim to be any good because i'm not um but i will tell you that i do not think i think that that is a is a lie that that the world has told you is that you need to play golf it's probably true because it's good for business yeah it's it's not it's not true if you try golf try everything right if you like it, continue to do it. Now, if do you, you don't, don't feel pressured by society to play golf. Do you know the format? Is it a scramble? Believe it's a scramble. Scramble is the best way to go if you've got a group of people that are terrible. Mm-hmm. I believe the last time I did play a scramble was probably about a decade ago, and they used two of my shots on the day. I'll, listen, if they use one of my shots right, to, you feel like today, you're, then I thought it, I was an upset for sure to get the uh, the two shots. We will. So. Uh, so I'll report back on Monday with how bad I was, but it's just right. um, I can. 
I just you know what it is? I just can't putt. Like at all. I'm a terrible putter. I'm actually putting is fine and then the short iron game I'm really good with. It's whacking the heck out of it in a straight line. Yeah. Not great at it. Yeah. Not if you, great. If you can if you can do that, the people who I admire are the people who can swing as hard as they can and they know where the ball's going. Because yes. if I swing as hard as yeah. I can, yeah. Well, it's like when you play baseball, and I probably will right. talk about football in a moment. But like when you play baseball, they only get mad about that when we talk about soccer. The people who I really admired, and even when I play slow pitch softball, the people who I admire are the people who like swing as hard as they can and know exactly where they're putting it. Right. You know what I mean? Like yeah. if I swing as hard as I can, I'm just hoping I hit it hard. Right. Somewhere. Yeah. You know what I mean? Right. Were you a guy who could place it? In baseball? You, yeah, in baseball. Yeah, as an inside out hitter, so it's okay. usually pretty pretty good at placing it. We did a we used to do a drill in high school where you would uh basically you'd split up into teams and you'd get points for hitting it to the opposite side of the field and my mm-hmm. team always won cuz I was really good at inside out hitting. The so. the people in baseball that I admire the most are the people who can swing as hard as they can and hit it opposite field. That yeah. is a unique gift yeah. that I think you're born with. One of my favorite moments ever in my baseball career was we were it was a game where we were winning by like nine already, mm-hmm. and our the guy hitting in front of me came back from whatever his at bat, and I was walking up to the plate. He goes, "Hit this one out," and I was like, "All right." And the first pitch, I just swung as hard as I could. And it was a curveball, opposite field home run. Whoa! Yeah. But I was like, "All right, I'll try to hit one out on the first pitch," and I did. Nice, right? That's fun. That's a- you're right. It's a fun moment. That's a, that's a fun moment. Yeah. I never did anything like that. Anyway, football. We, we still have it here. We are Texas Football Today. We're here every weekday at noon on TexasFootball.com, whether live or recorded. Talking football in the Lone Star State. You can follow us on Twitter at DCTF. Like us on Facebook. Facebook.com slash Dave Campbell. Follow us on Instagram. Instagram.com slash Dave Campbell. And, of course, see us at TexasFootball.com. Max, let's wrap up our series of the most important games on each team's schedules. We've run through the eight FBS teams at the top of the alphabet. Let's now run through the final four. Texas State, Utah, uh, Texas, Texas State, Texas Tech, UTEP, and UTSA. Um, and, and reminder, this is most important game. I'm not talking about the toughest game or the yeah. easiest game. Yeah. I'm talking about the game that the result of that game will... Reflect the tone of the season. That's a great way to put it. Reflect the tone of the season. So let's start with Texas State. Obviously, Texas State had a tough year last year. Another two and ten season for um, uh, for our friend Everett Withers down there in um, in San Marcos. There's a few different places you could ask, but I asked our own Ishmael Johnson, who wrote the Texas State preview for the 2018 summer edition of Dave Campbell's Texas Football Plug. He wrote the Texas State section, and I asked him, what's the most important game on the schedule? And he told me October 6th against Louisiana. First of all, it's... Not that this is the show of tangents, mm-hmm. but uh, yes, what the hell do they think they're doing? So they've, so you guys know them, it's the Raging Cajuns. Right. You guys know them as Louisiana Lafayette. Yes. La la. Yeah. Um, they, are, they are going by Louisiana. They want to go by Louisiana now. University of Louisiana. First off, that's not a thing you can do. Like... You can change your name more entirely, but you can't just, like, remove part of it and then pretend it's normal. Like, if you want to, like, what Texas State did, completely changed their name, right? Yes. Uh, they overhauled it. Yeah, they overhauled. Uh, Southwest Missouri State became Missouri State. Okay. Mm-hmm. Like, that kind of makes sense. You're changing your identity completely. You can't just be Louisiana. Yeah. That's an right? interesting. Like, if LSU was already Louisiana and then Lafayette was like, well, we'll be Louisiana State. That makes sense. Yeah. But this this also, second part of that, you're Lafayette. 
that works perfect with Raging Cajuns. Like, yeah. if you don't have that French thing in there, mm-hmm. it. Uh, I have a number of questions. First question: How dare you? Yeah. <laughs> um, anyway, so it's October sixth. Texas State plays Louisiana, and and to me, this is a nice measuring stick as far as where Texas State is in the rebuild. First of all, they're coming off a bye week. There is a good chance that they are sitting at one and three or two and two. Probably losing to UTSA, probably losing at Rutgers, but they play South Alabama and Texas Southern as well. Here is a conference game at home, coming off a bye week, against a team that's in the middle of the pack of the Sun Belt. Yeah. This is a game you win. If things are moving in the direction that Everett Withers thinks that they should, when you talk with him, then this is a game that you win. Yeah. You, you take down Louisiana, and you you... you Get a nice conference win under your belt, and you dust your hands off. You go, cool. Things are moving forward. Again, Texas State, I don't think anybody expects Texas State to contend for a national championship or even a conference championship. But if you want to prove that you're going from the bottom tier of the Sun Belt up to the middle tier, this is a game you win. This is a nice barometer for them. Let's move out to Lubbock. Let's talk about the Texas Tech Red Raiders. A few different options here uh, as far as their most important game. You could say the opener against Ole Miss. You could say the game against Houston in in Lubbock. You could say any of the Big 12 games. I've got one Big 12 game. It's Saturday, September 22nd at Oklahoma State. There's a lot of things here. One, it's a conference road game. You're being tough on them, too, on the road in Stillwater. It's not like... uh, That is the coin of the realm, is the conference road game. Okay, there's that. The other thing is, you're catching Oklahoma State early. Yeah, I Oklahoma State has. If you don't know a ton about them, they have a lot of rebuilding to do. Yeah. They lost a lot of what made them yeah. Oklahoma State, and I think they may fall back to the middle of the pack here. You are catching them early on the road. If you want to go and prove that things are actually changing, here's a nice game to go and win. That's true. I don't know if this is must win, but you can't go and get your doors blown off. Yeah. Also, that, if 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 you are expecting a step forward with the defense and the un- yeah. all units as a whole, this is probably a game you got to win. This is a game. Right? That, this a is down a game that Oklahoma we, State team helps you make up the numbers elsewhere. Because here's the other thing, okay? Um, Ole Miss called a toss up right at in Houston. Yeah. Lamar, they're going to win. Houston called a toss up in Lubbock, yeah. right? The next game after Oklahoma State. After that, it's West Virginia and at TCU. Okay? And if you're Cliff Kingsbury and your job is already on kind of unsteady footing, if you fall to, let's say, at worst, I think it's very feasible they could be 1-5. and Yeah. That'll get you run out of town. So I think at Oklahoma State, they need to put up a really good fight. Maybe they don't win, but they need to show that things have gotten better. That's Texas Texas Tech, rather, most important game. Let's go way out west to UTEP. I think this is obvious. I think this is obvious. It's September 1st against Northern Arizona. Okay. UTEP has the nation's longest losing streak. That is a fact. They are the only winless FBS team last year. It was only them. If you look up and down their schedule, there are not a lot of gimmies. Yeah. Okay? New Mexico State's not going to be great in the catch at home, right? But it's a rivalry game. But it's a rivalry game, and you never know. They're at Rice, who, by the way, beat them last year. Yeah. There are not a lot of gimmies on the schedule. Dana Dimmel's debut in El Paso, they have to beat Northern Arizona. 
This is an FCS team. Um, I don't even know how good they are. Uh, <laughs> let me see. You're listening to live coverage of me seeing how good the Lumberjacks of Northern Arizona were. The defending semifinalists, probably. I'm you'll, sure you'll they sound were. like an ass. I'm sure they were. I'm sure they were, like, incredible. Um, let's see. Last year, they were... Come on. 7-5. and five. Okay. This is a middle-of-the-pack FCS team. Yeah, you got to win this. UTEP's got to win this. Yeah. They have to. Because yeah. otherwise, I will be entirely honest. If you look at the rest of the schedule... Don't know where it's coming from. If you look at the rest of the schedule, you've got probably one more shot, and it's New Mexico State. Otherwise, you're going to yeah. be pretty sizable underdogs in every other game. September 1st against Northern Arizona. Get this season off on the right foot. Snap the schneid. Have people no longer talking about how you're the team with the longest losing streak. Get out of that world. Yeah. That's the obvious one. Finally, let's go to UTSA. UTSA is weird because, and and something, man, I love the are way. They, are I, they the highest variance team this year? Oh, most definitely. Yeah, I think they're a super high variance yeah. team. Uh, I could see everything from four and eight to nine and three. Yeah, really high variance. Yeah. They, I, what I love about UTSA, and they've always done this. They ain't afraid to scrap. They ain't afraid to schedule tough, and so it's they've a fun got schedule. They've got three. Yeah. They've got four. They've got four non-conference games. One of them is Texas State, which they were trying to turn into a rivalry. Yeah. The others are at Arizona State, Baylor, and at Kansas State. Love it. Yeah. Go right into the team. Yeah. That's great. Like that. Now that's going to be that. tough. I, I I hate to tell you, but that's going to be tough to come away with some wins. To me, the game, the the turning point game in this season is going to be October thirteenth against Louisiana Tech. It's homecoming there. Uh, in uh, at the Alamo Dome. This is a Louisiana Tech team that I think they're going to be better than. I think they've got a shot at being better than Louisiana Tech, and they get them at home. You talk about a Conference USA, feather in your cap, and say, guys, we're not going away. This is a game, you know, Louisiana Tech is, is a known brand in Conference USA. UTSA is trying to get there. Here's a game at home, on homecoming, especially with what may still be three losses on the schedule, or three losses on, on the docket already. You might be three and three, right? Yeah. They follow up Arizona State, Baylor, and Kansas State with Texas State, probably a win. UTEP, probably a win. And at Rice, probably a win. Keep that momentum going, going into the heart of Conference USA season. This is their first big Conference USA test. I think Louisiana Tech, October 13th, is the biggest game on the schedule for UTSA. That is our look at the most important games on each FBS schedule. You can find all of them at the newly rolled out TexasFootball.com. We are Texas Football Today. We're here every weekday at noon on TexasFootball.com, talking football in the Lone Star State. You can follow us on Twitter at DCTF. Like us on Facebook, Facebook.com slash Dave Campbells. Follow us on Instagram, Instagram.com slash Dave Campbells. And, of course, see us at TexasFootball.com. TexasFootball.com is where you can find complete coverage of high school football, college football, and recruiting all across the Lone Star State. And guess what? It's new. It's a new site. It's pretty cool. You should check it out. Max, Matt Stepp, our roving reporter, Dave Campbell's Texas Football High School Football Insider, was out in Brock last weekend talking to coaches at the state qualifying tournament for 7-on-7. One of the guys he caught up with uh, is Sweetwater Coach Ben McGeehee, a guy who took over the Mustangs last year and hoping to get them back to prominence out there in the big country. Uh, Excited to see what the Mustangs have in 2018. Here's Matt Stepp's conversation with Sweetwater Coach Ben McGeehee here on Texas Football Today. Matt Stepp with Dave Campbell's Texas Football back here at the Brock 7-on-7 State Qualifying Tournament. Here with the head coach of the Sweetwater Mustangs, Coach Ben McGee. Coach, uh, thanks for taking a few minutes to uh, chat with us this morning. Yes, sir. Glad to be here. 
All right, Coach, uh, obviously, uh, you know, you guys have had a lot of success recently. You're in your second year uh, here in Sweetwater. I imagine this offseason a little little less hectic, you know, the first offseason kind of getting there and you're, you're kind of getting your staff together and trying to move and move your family. Think a little more calm this year? It was. You know, we um, we were able to do a lot more strength stuff this, this offseason as opposed to last year getting here a little bit late. We had to get really get into the football install quick. And so I think we've made a, a big jump in numbers on, on our strength side of things, and, and so we look forward to showing that off in the fall. All right, now obviously uh, seven on seven can't can't show your strength quite as much as a non-contact game, but I know you're looking to see some good things out of, out of a, what's going to be a young team. You've got a lot of a lot of new faces, a lot of kids uh, that don't, don't have that varsity experience. I know you're excited to see them play. What are you looking for looking to see from your kids today in the tournament? Uh, we're just looking to get better from where we were at. We had our first league night on Tuesday, and and you know we 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 saw some things that that we needed to get fixed, and and so we're just looking to come out and get better today from where we were on Tuesday. I guess when you're young, reps are key, right? You just want you just want to rep, 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 right? Yes, sir. Yeah, we're. I mean, we have two guys returning on offense and two on defense, and and most of those guys are up front, and so all these skill guys are are young, inexperienced players at this level, and so you know the the reps are key, real big for those guys, and and we're like I said, we're just looking to make progress, you know, one week at a time. You mentioned this, the focus of the offseason program, program was on the strength and conditioning and, and the gains that you made. Um, was there anything else that you really wanted, wanted to see from your kids this offseason? What was kind of the overall when you and your coaches sat down at the end of the school year? Were you guys pretty happy with how things went? Yes, yeah. We were, we were, we were real pleased with the way our kids progressed in the weight room and, and, um, and then also on the football field, too, with the young group. You know, we had once we got into the football side of things, we had a lot of work to do, and, and our kids have been making big strides. All right, now uh, Sweetwaters is a, a place that you know you, have, you guys have one of the most famous football stadiums in the state of Texas, the Mustang Bowl. It's it's a, it's a great place to see a game. Does it ever get old playing in there? Or does it always just get, get get the adrenaline coming on Friday night when when you guys are ready to walk out? It never gets old. You know, it's a great place to play. Community comes out and does a great job of filling the stands up, and and it's it's an electric atmosphere on Friday nights, and it's you know a blessing to be able to coach there. And I know our kids are blessed to be able to play there every week and have that type of atmosphere. It's a great facility, too. You guys host a lot of playoff games, too, right? Yes, sir. Yeah, we, we host quite a few. I mean, probably first three or four rounds, we're, we're packed every week. All right, now, final question for you. I know me, Max, Greg, and I have been to Sweetwater a few times to cover playoff games and, and see the Mustangs play. We know our, our few favorite places to eat. Someone who's never been to Sweetwater and is planning on coming out to cover a game this year, where, uh, where, where's the Coach McGee recommendation to uh, eat pregame? Oh, man, I'm a foodie, you know, and, and there's, there's a lot of great places to eat, and it's such a small town. So uh, Mama Allen's probably number one. Uh, for people coming from out of town, you know, just to experience that kind of family-style dining, I think is isn't a unique experience. Um, you can't go wrong with with Bucks or or Skeets, and then Big Boys Barbecue and Big's Pizza are probably some of the top places there. They 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 know you by name when you walk in. A few of them do. Yeah, a few <laughs> of them do. I try not to eat out too much. I, I try not to. I'd, I'd be putting on a lot of weight if I yeah, did. Yeah. So uh, we try to eat at the house a lot. But when we do go out, those are mostly the places that we visit. Well, Coach, I appreciate your time. Enjoy watching your kids compete today, and I appreciate what you do for student-athletes in the state of Texas. Yes, sir. appreciate you. There is Ben McGee, head coach, Sweetwater Mustangs. Now we know. I have only written his name. This happens to me a lot on this Fox Football you, Friday. Then, yeah, that's what I was going to say. This happens a lot for you. Yeah. Because it, on Fox Football Friday, like, there's a lot of players whose names I've written a hundred times yeah. but never actually said aloud. Right. Until I have trap. to until I have to read it on a highlight yeah. sheet, and it's like oh, oh yeah okay. So Coach Ben McGee from lots uh, of good food wrecks, Big Boy Barbecue in there, which you and I have uh, patronized I and very much liked. Yes, that is we a, that's that's a top three for me.
boy, it was a, it was good. I and I like the uh, I like the evening ambiance inside there. It's a cool kind of out west outpost. That's what it feels like. It does. It's a it good feels, spot. Even though like it's funny. Even though you're like right off of what is that twenty twenty. You're right off a of twenty. Yeah. It feels like you're in the middle of like the like the, the wild west. Yes, whenever you're, it's pretty you're great. There, so I do like Sweetwater. It's a great town. Really great town. Great stadium. And and if you ever if you're ever I don't know why you'd ever just happen to be in Sweetwater. Well, if you head west on twenty. But if you're if you're ever if you ever have an excuse to get to Sweetwater, just take yeah. it on a Friday. Night head up the road. Yeah. So we've also got an interview with Bob Cervetto, the head coach of the of Dublin, the Lions, looking to uh, have a big year this year. Uh, a team that uh, I think uh, you know expectations are always high in Dublin, not just because of the Dr Pepper. Uh, but they're uh, after last year's three and seven showing. I think they want to prove that that was an, an exception as opposed to the rule. So Bob Cervetto's got his boys rolling. Here's the head coach of the Dublin Lions, Bob Cervetto, talking with Matt Stepp here on Texas Football Today. Matt Stepp with Dave Campbell's Texas football back here at the Brock 707 State Qualifying Tournament. Here with the head coach of the Dublin Lions, one of my favorites, Coach Bob Cervetto. Coach, I appreciate you taking a few minutes to chat with me. You bet, man. It's good to see you too, Stepper. Good to see you. I think the last time I saw you was uh, over in Frisco. It was a little, little cooler inside of the star when we were watching that new Diana and Jacksboro play, right? We did. We did. Little did we know that Jacksboro would eventually be in our district, but uh, had a good friend of ours that uh, coached with us at Stephenville that went on to Lake Travis and Marble Falls and then took his first head job over at New Diana. It was real successful, and it's good to see Robbie down there, and it's good to see the offense play again. It's Jacksboro now, and in hindsight, so got a little scouting done, right? Uh, we got a little work done, so it was good. It was it was a good trip. Now we were talking about this off camera. You know, I, I don't want to date you, but you've been around a little while. I mean, well, you know, you've been you're, you're a veteran of the game. Uh, you even a lot a lot of guys that you've coached, you know, players that you coached, and guys you worked with as young assistants are now head coaches. Talk about that and how proud you are of some of those guys and being able to see those guys be successful. Uh, you know, you've been in business a long time. You know, you get a lot of kids that come out and they, they see, you know, the the quality of coaching that they've been able to be with. And I'm just not talking. I, I've been blessed to be on some great staffs. And uh, when you're around great staffs, sometimes that just kind of gravitates you to say, you know, I might want to do that. So when you look at a Randy Thornton over at Heiko or, you know, Robbie Copeland when he's having this, you know, good year over at New Diana and now he's over in Arkansas for some reason. But, uh, yeah, you, you you see some guys, Brady Gunn just got a Christian job over in Fort Worth. Uh, so real proud of those guys. And it, it does, it makes you feel good that those guys are kind of carrying on the legacy of, you know, coaching kids right and doing things and, you know, remembering how it was when they were in school and they're trying to transcend that into their kids. Now, uh, we're out here at 7-on-7, seven seven, so I know you you, uh, you guys play a lot of 7-on-7. Seven seven. You guys are, are, are really, it's important to you and your program. Why, why do you guys do 7-on-7 seven seven in, in, in the state qualifiers, and what, what benefits does it have for your program? Well, I, I tell you what, you know, we, you know being at Dublin and, and uh, where that program was, you know, eight years ago, and, and getting these kids to realize that we've got to go play good people, and this enables us to come up here and play a Brock, a Mineral Wells, a Graham, uh, to where our kids get used to that, and that's the expectation instead of the exception and, and we've got to learn how to do that and if we do that then we're able to compete within our district so uh, we've got to be able to throw and catch we've got to be able to cover people uh, it's a great way to do it non-contact it gets the kids out instead of laying on the couch and uh, gets us a chance to see the kids run around and uh, come to fruition a little bit of what they've done in the off season with speed and strength so kind of put it all together a little summertime activity we'll go for you know four or five weeks and then they get a little bit of break and then we start all over again coaching school is when it starts up right <laughs> oh can't wait it's gonna be all right. Now you mentioned uh, you're, you're getting ready for district play. Last year, you guys, last two years were, were in a district where you kind of went south. You were you were hit, you know taking some road trips to the south. This yeah, year, you, we went there to the south 
uh, four years ago, and then we came in with Cisco and Eastland and Toller and uh, Coleman mm-hmm. and uh, and Bang. So, I, you know, I don't, I don't know who's down at the UIL. I guess I've ticked somebody off, but they moved us over to Region 2 this year. Or either they just kind of let us have a variety of people to be around, but got a real tough district. You know, Comanche went four rounds deep. Jacksboro went four rounds deep. Toller went three rounds deep. So it's going to be a highly competitive district. You know, we did we do have Millsap and, Toller, uh, Millsap and Ravis in there, and those guys are really doing a good job bringing their programs up. So going to be a tough a tough district uh, situation. And, of course, our non-district is going to be a, a beast as usual. So, uh, But that's getting us ready. So here we go. There you go. Final question for you. We were ta- uh, trying to ask the coaches a fun question. You're, you're always a, a lot of fun. So we're going to ask you this. First first head coaching job, you know, not head coach, first coaching job out of college. Where, where was your first job at? Did you have any fun duties doing laundry, line in the field? Where, where were you at? And what, what, or did you coach any crazy sports that you weren't really used to coaching? Man, I'll tell you what. I graduated from McMurray in August of 1980. Uh, did not take a honeymoon. Uh, I've been paying for that for the last 38 years. Uh, went to Franklin Middle School. Uh, it, was a, it was a school that wasn't very successful. and At the time, Abilene had six middle schools, and so that was the probably the toughest one there in the neighborhood. And uh, did all three sports. We did laundry. We got a brand-new washer and dryer for a wedding present. I ruined it before uh, September was over because we had those three-quarter-inch length jerseys, and and I washed them all (laughs) and uh, did not go well So uh, on the home front. But we did survive that, too. But, uh, you know, we just did everything for about 500 bucks a year. (laughs) And uh, I I knew someday it would get better, but uh, you couldn't take away from being with the kids. You know, kids need love and kids need hope. And uh, that was a place that needed it, and it, it was a really rewarding experience. Learned a lot about dealing with kids, that, uh, about giving them a chance. And uh, and then came to Stephenville, spent 30 years there, and been fortunate to get the Dublin job. So it's been a well-rounded uh, well-rounded gig. Oh, yeah, no doubt. Do you, do you feel like coaches, uh, maybe all, all, most coaches, they should start at the junior high level just to kind of learn about kids? Because kids, kids in junior high are a little bit tougher. They're, they're kind of in between stages. Do you feel like coaching at junior high really kind of got you to be like, okay, how to deal with kids and how to, how to handle people? Well, I'll tell you what it does is, is you know, in my opinion, I, I think everybody ought to start there. I, we've had some kids go straight into high school. I think if you're building a program, you have to understand what you want to get accomplished at the middle school level. Uh, sometimes guys come out of college and they're very uh, gung-ho and they get winning so much on the mind in junior high that they forget that that's a feeder program. And uh, when I first went to Dublin, you know, the first guy I hired was my junior high coordinator. And, and I, he looked at me and I said, let me tell you something, buddy. It won't be my OC or my DC that gets me fired. It's going to be you. <laughs> because if we don't get those kids in the ninth grade, then, uh, you know, we're shooting in the dark. And I said, we, we've got to have those kids loving what we're doing buying into what we're doing and that takes a lot of patience and a lot of work and I think that helps especially if you have aspirations of someday being a coordinator or being a head coach you have to have an understanding of what you want to get done with those young kids coach I appreciate your time great wisdom there as always and uh we'll talk to you soon we'll have some fun right thanks Steph appreciate you there is Bob Cervetto head coach the Dublin Lions excited to see what they can do in their new digs there in district 6-3a division one um, excited to see what the, Division Two rather. They are a, a team that I think again they want to prove that last year was an aberration. You know they're they're improving. Uh, they, they bottomed out at one and nine a couple of years ago, but this is a program that expects to win. And uh, excited to see what they do. They got some. They got a little bit of rebuilding to do, especially offensively. But uh, I'm excited to see what happens in in Dublin Town out there. So we appreciate him catching up with Matt Step. We would do final thoughts 
Uh, but here, here with fake final thoughts is Max Thompson. I have none. Okay. Uh, enjoy your weekend. That's going to do it for us. Thank you for spending part of your day with us. Follow us on Twitter at DCTF. Like us on Facebook, facebook.com slash Dave Campbell's. Follow us on Instagram, instagram.com slash Dave Campbell's. And, of course, see us at texasfootball.com. We're back Monday, right? Sure. We'll see Vince Young, please get your Player of the Year trophy. We'll see you Monday on Texas Football Today. 